Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Caleb, and uh, vibes are good, bro. Vibes are good. I don't know about you, but the vibes are great out here in San Jose. We had a wonderful day of playoff basketball yesterday. Um, we could just go game by game. First game of the day was the Hawks and Heat. Um, Heat up 2-0 now. Hawks battled. I actually, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I did not really watch that game. Um, been pretty busy lately. And and so I got to pick and choose my spots of what games I watch. I was locked into T-Wolves Grizz. Um, and if you guys didn't know, we had four plays in that game. So obviously I was going to be locked into that. But honestly, even even if I didn't have those plays, uh, just a, a series that you know calls to me a little bit more. Anyways, we go ahead and we cash first half. Full game, Brandon Clark over 16 and a half points, rebound and assist. Unfortunately, first quarter did not get there. They were up seven with about two minutes left. And basically everything that couldn't happen, happened from that point. Uh, but it's not, it happens. The first quarter, very small margin for error. Um, and it happens at the end of the day, though. We go three and one, uh, brings the playoff record to 10 and nine. And we are looking to stay absolutely locked in here today. Um, there was another game here after that. Um, Suns and Pels. Just a doozy of a game. Kind of in my eyes, Brandon Ingram's coming out party. Uh, I think that guy is insanely, insanely talented. Don't know that he's always had the best team around him. Don't know that he's always been the most mature, but he's he's absolutely coming to his own, and I, I feel it. I sense it. Um, and I get right now why a lot of people wouldn't want to put him top 20. And, I, you know, I don't even know if I put him top 20. Though. But he's definitely on his way then. Um, and I, I think we are witnessing the birth of a, a true star right now. And that performance last night was was just ridiculous. Again, I'm not one to overact to one performance, but it's not just his performance. He's been really keeping this Pelos team afloat all year long. And uh, things are getting a little interesting, you know, out, out in Phoenix right now. Um, deep book with a hammy issue. And that is never, ever something um, that you want to hear. Uh, that's probably the last thing, you know, injury-wise that you want to have. So, honestly, I, I'm laughing, but I'm not. Uh, prayers up to D-Book. But th- this series definitely gets a lot more interesting if Book's out for the next couple games, especially in New Orleans. Won't be at all surprised if New Orleans is able to win a game in New Orleans, especially without D-Book. Um, but you look around in the West, outside of my dubs, taking care of biz. 1-1-1-1-1-1. We got couple eastern conference games today um and we will, we will get to that uh that have potential to get one and one but um i'm having an absolute blast so far in these playoffs and i hope you guys are too uh the money the money side the money aspect of it is just a, you know, another aspect to it that makes it more fun uh but these games in itself as, a, as just a basketball fan have been really really fun so uh i hope you guys have been locked in i hope you guys have been enjoying we are back again today we got three games got some looks um that i like some plays i've already locked and uh, i absolutely love talking about it with you guys so let's let's do it guys what do you say let's do it let's have a great wednesday i love you all thank you for being here without further ado it's time all right first game of the day and the game that i i believe everyone is most excited for if you're not excited for this go check your pulse the Boston Celtics hosting the Brooklyn Nets. I watched every second of game one. Um, and honestly, coming into this game, I, I picked the Celtics in seven. I think it's going to be a really 
tight series, and I talked about it before. Uh, I just, I, I think, obviously, I think Kyrie and KD are the best standalone duo in the in the league right now in the playoffs. Um, but I, uh, I, I don't think that the difference from them to JB and JT is bigger than the difference from the Nets role players to the Celtics role players. Um, really, I, and I'm not here to disrespect the Nets role players, but, you know, Seth Curry's good. Seth Curry's good. He's an absolute sniper, um, and he honestly played well in game one. Bruce Brown plays his role really well. It's it's not like there's bums over there in Brooklyn. I, I think it's more just the quality of depth that the, that the Boston Celtics have. And I've heard some people say that their depth is meh. Um, but I, I really, I, I outside of JB and JT, I love Al Horford. Al Horford would be the third best player on the on the Brooklyn Nets right now. Obviously, if Simmons comes back, that changes things. Marcus Smart would be the third best player. Um, even a guy like Grant Williams, who doesn't get love in the national media, is just the perfect role player. So ultimately, that was where I was at. But you saw last game, um, and you're always at the mercy of this. Kyrie and KD, one of those two can take over a game at, at any moment. And obviously, JB, JT can. Uh, JB didn't play all that well, but um, offensively. Um, and obviously J, JT, but, but Kyrie and KD are different levels of beasts. And you see it, it comes out in the playoffs because, um, you know, in the regular season, you're getting a lot of guys playing minutes that are meh. You're getting sets. There's just a different level of intensity that comes, um, with the playoffs. And so it becomes much tougher to score. And so when you get guys like Kyrie and KD, who are able to do it and make it look so easy, even the playoffs, it's really a difference maker towards the end. Um, and so I, I think you could look at, you know, last game in two different ways, right? You could say, wow, the Celtics role players played really, really well. And then that's, were still right there, right? They were literally, if, if Jason Tatum shoots that, you know, a half second, literally a half second later then that's a win. I also think you can look at it like Kyrie had just about as great of a game as you can have, and then that's still lost. So um, th there's different ways of looking at this. How I see it is the Celtics are slightly better, but I think that I think that gap narrowed just a little bit. I, I do, and and I know either way, I, I I had Celtics in seven, so it's already kind of implying that the the gap is pretty small. But I just think you see when one of those two get going. There's really no, not necessarily any defense for it. Like you have to be insane. It's one thing when there's one guy, right? Because then you can trap, get it out of his hands. And honestly, if you're locked in, rotate back. Um, but when there's two guys on the court, which there will be at the end of the game, Kyrie and Katie, it, it becomes a lot harder to do that. Basically, if you're going to trap and get it out of Kyrie's hands and also take KD away, the other team's basically getting a wide open shot. And obviously, you know, I think some people would live with that in certain scenarios, especially if one of those two are going. Um, but I do think the Nets' ability to, uh, at the end of games, and it's not like JT can't do it either. I just think I feel a little bit more confident in Kyrie and Katie's ability to do that. So you basically have a, what's the word? I'm usually pretty good at stuff like this. What's the word? A dichotomy, not a dichotomy. Uh, I'm gonna give myself five more seconds. I don't know the word, but basically, you're contrasting the Nets' late game ability, slight, slightly better ability to get buckets versus overall just a better team, right? And what's gonna matter in the long run? So, can the Celtics 
or, or can the Nets hang in that game long enough, go on s- small little runs um, to keep them in it? So when that, so when it's close, you got that Kyrie and KD edge, or is this Celtics team gonna wear on you? And then it's ten with five minutes, and now you're using those you know, clutch buckets to get it back instead of push you over the edge, right? Uh, it just was a very interesting game one because Kyrie, 12 of 26 of 10 from three, took over in the fourth. Goran Dragic was amazing, 6 of 11, right? And you also don't think that KD's usually going to go 9 of 24 with six turnovers, right? So you're probably expecting a little bit less from Kyrie, and you're probably expecting a little bit more from KD. I think the other thing that... Um, matters to me is this isn't just any other team like I I really do think Kyrie I'm not going to call it beef but I think there's a little something extra with Kyrie and the Celtics you saw it man like he's not not just in the post that right there's that TikTok in the post game locker room where a Celtics fan was like fuck you Kyrie and he's like fuck you but you see it even on the court he's interacting with these fans it clearly matters a little bit more to him you know it'd be one thing if he was out in Charlotte He's not in Charlotte. He's in Boston, right? He's deeply rooted in these Celtics lives. Um, So I think there's a little something extra there for him. And I think as a result, you know, his teammates want to have his back and and be there for him. So, um, yeah, again, you you can get a little carried away when you're looking at external things. And I'm I'm not saying that's the end all be all. But I, I do think it's important to bring up that. Hey, there's a little extra juice for the Nets here. This is, you know, when you're talking about just duos, this is as tested a duo as there is besides maybe the dubs. Um, and, and this is, you know, probably a good spot for them to swan. That being said, I do think the Celtics are a better team and you're getting it at three, which implies they're, it's about to pick them. So I, I, I really do think there's solid arguments on both sides. I and I couldn't tell you. I, part of me says, dude, just take the Celtics. They're a better team, slightly. They're at home. And part of me says, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie and KD are not, not going to leave Boston without a win tonight. So uh, you can take that for what it is. I do have two props in this game. The first is Al Horford over 26.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Um, and shout out actually originally to, to Sued. Sued put me on, I don't know, two weeks ago. Really, ever since Bob Williams has gone down, our Horford has been the biggest benefactor. And he was a big benefactor in the regular season, but he, he becomes an even larger benefactor in the postseason because uh, you play your best players the best minutes. And the defense drastically changes without Al Horford out there. Not only is it the physicality um, and the kind, he's not the most mobile anymore, but he's more mobile than most bigs. Um, but it's also just the, the smarts and the mindset. And he's been and played in tons and tons and tons of playoff games. So he knows exactly what it takes. And you saw it really whenever he was off the floor, the defense suffered greatly. So uh, 41 minutes last game, and I think you're going to see something similar today. 20 and 15 with two assists. That's 37 points, rebounds, and assists. I know he, sh- he shot it pretty damn well. He, I mean, he could shoot 8 for 13 again. But even if he doesn't, I don't think he really even needs to shoot 8 for 13 to go cash this. 26 and a half is extremely low in my mind. I'm honestly, I get this get this thing in the 30s. Like, I, if you want to go ahead and ladder this bitch, um, I wouldn't blame you. Uh, I really couldn't blame you. The other play I like and uh, that I have locked is Andre Drummond under 17 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Um, and if you guys didn't know... Um, 
it, it's similar to Steven, Stevie Adams. Uh, Stevie Adams is a good basketball player in his own way. Um, good role player, understands his role. And what he does, he's good at. But in certain scenarios, certain games, certain situations, what he is asked to do um, and what his strengths are don't necessarily match up with the matchup that they have. And I think it's kind of similar situation here with Drummond. So you saw yesterday, Stevie Adams picked two fouls up in like three minutes and he didn't come back and play. He sucked the game of four. They just needed more mobility, more quickness on a guy like Cat because Stevie's going to close out Cat. Cat's pumping, blowing by him every time or picking up a foul. Um, it's a little bit different in terms of why here with Drummond, but I think the big thing with Drummond is the Celtics play a very spaced out brand of basketball. Ime Adoka loves to create space. That's why Tice was so big, right? They they go get a guy who can also shoot um, that they can bring off the bench. And so you look at it, their starting lineup, JB, JT, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Daniel Tice, all five guys can shoot. They played three guys off the bench. Derek White, he can shoot. Grant Williams, he can shoot. Peyton Pritchard, he can shoot. So... All eight guys that are going to see the floor for the Celtics tonight can shoot the basketball. And so Drummond can't really just hang out inside. If he does, it's going to be tough. He was a minus 13 in 17 minutes. Nick Claxton played 18 of the second half minutes. Drummond played five of the second half minutes. So this is just, look, could he get there in extremely numbered minutes? Sure, right? He could have an outlier 10 and 10 in 15 minutes, and we lose. But, uh... I'd have him projected for 15 minutes. And if he's going to play 15 minutes, it's it's going to be tough for him to get two 18 points, rebounds, and assists. So that, that's a no-brainer for me, um, And as is the Al Horford one. I think we're getting a, a really nice edge on both of these. I just think they've struggled to, to readjust. I think they think with Tice, he's just like, okay, Tice is there, so it's basically Bob Williams. No, no. Al Horford... Uh, is, is filling up a lot more gaps now that Bob Williams is out. So give me give me his points, rebounds, and assists. Give me Andre Drummond's under. Um, and I just feel really, really good about both those. Next game, Sixers and Raptors. And I won't lie to you. I won't. I'll never do it. Raptors, I, I came in saying, hey, Raptors got a shot. Plus 150. I didn't hit it, but plus 150. Because I was like, eh, that's not good enough of value. But... Uh, I really thought they had a shot, and everything we've seen from these two games has it hasn't looked like they had. And and obviously, you know, Scotty goes down. Gary Trent was sick. That plays a factor for sure. But I mean, I won't even lie to you. I haven't watched the majority of either of these games. Like, I watched most of Game One, but like the Raps haven't really given me any reason to. So like. It's never, it's not always as simple as, you know, one team has dominated two games and so they're going to dominate the third game, right? In fact, it's oftentimes not that simple. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case here. But, um, right? Like the, the, the Raps have given us really no reason for us to feel confident in them in this game. And um, I get it. It's the cute side. It's, it's the fade, the public side. Everyone's on the Sixers and, you know, but we're not, we're not betting based off of what the public's doing or shit like that. We're betting off of the basketball game. Um, and if you've watched both basketball games and not just the basketball games, but also, you know, the history and what we know of a team, but I, I just can't say that the, the, the raps had to have shown me a little bit more. 
they have to have shown me a little bit more for me to hop on them here today. Um, a layoff. A layoff. I'm not going to hit the Sixers. And again, I, I, I'll tell you right now, I won't be surprised if the Raptors win. But I'm not betting it. I'm not betting it. Um, I not super in tune. Again, I, I haven't watched a ton of these games. I would assume Scotty Barnes and I think Gary's going to be back today, but I, I assume Scotty Barnes is going to lend to OG. I know some guys were on some, uh, some OG props last game that hit, but he shot it super, super efficiently. Also didn't get a ton of counting stats again, because I didn't watch. I don't know if that lack of counting stats, uh, has any meaning behind it. Like, I, I don't know if that's a trend that continues or if that was just, um, variance, you know? So, um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if OG gets gets back there with with him with no uh, Scotty. And, and I also would say I don't mind some Fred VanVleet, but he is and has been very very consistent. I would just say if you like these guys on the props, I think being back in Toronto in a must win game is is the time to play these props. So I, I would consider some VanVleet props, some OG, maybe some Pascal. Um, if there were a time for the Raps to show up, it's today. Um, and I think that's, I think that's safer, right? Uh, like this game could get really, really close and the Sixers went by two and you're going to lose your bet, but they could have battled and guys could have had good performances and you can go cash, um, a, a Fred Van Vliet ticket or an OG ticket or a Pascal ticket, um, that's where I'm at. Last game, and again, I apologies, but I'm not going to speak on shit I don't know. I barely watched the Bucks Bulls. That was the game where it was like, all right, I was so locked in for the weekend. I watched every game on Saturday. I watched the first two games on Sunday. And this was the third game uh, before Pell's Suns. And I just needed a break. Like, it was on in the background, but I, I just wasn't locked in. And the Bucks came out steaming hot steaming hot and then i don't know what it was i look at the box score everyone for the bulls shot it poorly you look up and it was a close game right so i don't know if that was variance i don't know if that was the bulls being lucky i don't know if that was the bucks sucking i like i i I can't tell you necessarily what the root of all that was um and i'm not going to pretend like i can't it just based off of what i know i i think the bucks make sense i think taking them first quarter second first half full game makes sense um right like it's similar to the timberwolves grizzlies yesterday like that game one happens and then ever not everyone but a lot of people just it's recency bias it's oh this was the last game so based on that one thing alone this this line is short right because if you were basing game two's line on game one yesterday with Grizzlies Timberwolves obviously six and a half seven was going to be too quote too much but if you looked at the big picture which is what we did we were on Grizzlies six and a half you could see that hey six and a half actually is not that bad so look I I have a Bucks fan in my fantasy chat uh he let us know hey Bucks always come out game one flat game one they I mean I, I don't know if they came out flat again I didn't watch but they were it was a close game late. Um, but he said, usually, hey, game two, that they, get back. So if I'm betting this, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bucs. Um, you can go ahead first. It's always scary. The, the problem with not taking a try, like, the reason I like taking trifecta is, like, if you're the if you're on the right side, you're going to win at least two of the three. 
usually, right? Like yesterday with the Grizz. We get screwed out of the first, but we win first half in full game. If I had just taken first quarter there, that would have been just extremely frustrating. Those are the type of losses that get you to chase, right? So I would I can't recommend first quarter, first half, or full game over one another. I think you just kind of got to make your own call. But I, I do think the Bucks make the most sense on the side here, and I'm not scared of ten, right? Like the Bucks have shown when they are when they are here, when they are ready, when they are locked in, ten is nothing. Ten is nothing. Thing cover ten with it being tied with five minutes left. Obviously not likely, but possible. Um, and again, I can't lie. I got no read on the prop. So what I will do is be trying and, and really be locked in for for both these games here today in, in terms of Sixers wraps. Um, that way, when we get a game four for Sixers wraps, we get a game three for Bulls Bucks. We can have a better idea of the props we want to be on. Um, and that is gonna do it. That is going to do it. We got three really fun Western Conference games tomorrow. The Dubs head into Denver. The Mavs head into Utah and may or may not have Luka. And the Grizzlies, one and a half point favorites out in Minnesota. Should be a blast. I hope you guys are enjoying these playoffs. I love you. I love you if you're listening to this. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Peace. Uh, I couldn't think of an ending. I, I, <laughs> I love y'all. See you tomorrow. Peace.